this new podcast of mine is called Love Service Wisdom. And how did I get that name? Why is it called Love Service Wisdom? Honestly, I went through a couple iterations of various names, like you do when you're trying to come up with the title of something, which isn't really the easiest task. It can take quite a long time. One of the first ideas for a podcast title that I had was to use this phrase that I came up with during the Treefort launch party, Treefort Music Fest launch party two years ago. Uh, And it was blah, blah, hey. Blah, blah, hey is like, in my mind, I was thinking sort of like the hipster way of saying namaste. And so instead of saying this foreign word that you perhaps maybe don't know what it means and feels awkward, namaste, you could say blah, blah, hey, as a greeting closure uh, to make it, let's say, more accessible to the everyday folks. So during the Tree Fort Music Fest launch, we said blah, blah, hey to each other. So thinking of the name for the podcast, I thought, oh, I can call it blah, blah, hey. Krishna, though, to his credit, said it was a little too sacrosanct and um, made it kind of sound like it would be a silly comedy show. And my response was, well, I do fancy myself a comedian, which made me laugh. Because part of that's true. Yeah, it's definitely a little true. I like to joke around and have a good time. And I've learned, I've learned over the ages as I've aged, let's say, that it's much nicer though to not make jokes at other people's expense, which I did a lot when I was growing up. So I'm funnier in different ways now, but I still think I have a good sense of humor. I fancy myself a comedian, for example. But blah, blah, hey, God, it went to the chopping block. And then I was thinking, I don't know, what could it be that has to do with the feeling sense of the show that's going to be conversations about consciousness and spirituality and the hearts and truth and beauty and grace and love and real world awakening experiences and the mundane and the shadow and all of it mixed together. And love service wisdom came to me um, as an idea because it, it, it's, uh, it encompasses this feeling of kind of like life path signposts where if I have my focus on love, loving myself, loving the world, loving what is love. Love is consciousness, is awareness, is light, is truth. That's great. Love. Love is like the base field energy behind it all. And then when I'm in a place of love, I often find that my energy turns towards service. How can I be of service to others in the world and to myself. And what does that mean to be of service even? And what could be a sense of service that I'm giving? And I feel like I'm doing that through the guided meditations that I'm um, putting up here for free for you guys to listen to. And just in the conversations and the act of service in creating this podcast, podcast at all, given that it's uh, not monetized and I'm giving my time and energy to create this platform as an act of service to the listeners. So there's that. 
And the service piece too, we'll see how it unfolds, but it felt like I wanted to be in there. And then the third part is wisdom. And of course, that's pointing towards the idea of talking about different wisdom traditions and paths of um, gaining self-knowledge and what wisdom means and what self-knowledge means and what the wisdom that we can um, share together through conversations and musings and, you know, all of that. So love, service, wisdom was this sort of trifecta that... I feel like are three really good pillars for me to focus my intentions and to kind of describe to you the directions that we'll be going in. And the phrase love service wisdom, I also sort of co-opted from a teacher that I had in Peru. Um, Maybe it was like 2016 or so, an amazing man. His name is Jorge Luis Delgado. And he uh, is of the Ayamara Incan heritage. And he is um, Peruvian, obviously, and wrote a book called Andean Awakening, A Mystical Guide to Peru. And he's done a lot of research around Lake Titicaca and found incredible portals and spiritual centers there and all through the Sacred Valley and obviously into Machu Picchu as well. So we were with him um, on a trip that I was actually co-leading in a way with another teacher, Heather Ash Amara, who is the founder of the Warrior Goddess Trainings and an incredible Toltec master. And I was there leading yoga and then Jorge was there as our Peruvian guide and Oh man, I got for the first time ever so incredibly sick on that trip. I hardly ever get sick, knock on wood, and I've never been sick when I was supposed to be teaching or leading and just got the most serious sinus infection. I've never even had a sinus infection before, so I wasn't quite sure what it was. I thought, oh, I have the flu or I don't feel well, and you know, I'll get better and it's okay. And that went on for days. And my dear friend, Rainbow Eric, he was there with me as a guest, but uh, took over a lot in the facilitator role because he's such an incredible facilitator as well. So took up my slack and we were there too for Eric's birthday at Machu Picchu with some other friends that were with us on the trip and as well as the other participants. And with Eric, he really wanted to go and hike Wainu Picchu on the day of his birthday. And I'm DFW, so I'm like, absolutely, even though I was feeling super sick. And Wainu Picchu, if you can think in your mind's eye of that classical picture of uh, Peru, of or sorry, of Machu Picchu, and there's the mountain in the background, that's Wainu Picchu, which has other um, Incan sites and Quechua sites. And it's just super cool and incredibly gorgeous to hike up. So we all did that with him on his birthday. And as we were getting higher and higher, my face was just getting more and more swollen and I was getting slower and slower. By the time we got to the top, it was like I could barely even literally open my eyes or breathe. And I really couldn't go on much further. And lovingly, Eric brought me down. I think I literally had my eyes closed most of the way down, hiking down from Wainupichu, just holding on to his elbow as he brought me down and all the way back, down off the mountain, back into Aguas Calientes, back to my bed and our other good friend who is there, Martin, who happened to be an ear, nose, throat doctor, um, serendipitously was like, you have a sinus infection and this is the medicine you need to take and do not get out of bed for the next 24 hours, which is pretty much what happened. And finally, then I was on the, on the mend. So 
Anyways, just thinking of that as I think back to that wonderful trip to Peru, it was the first time that was super hard on me to travel. Um, and just grateful for the help of my friends in that moment. And Jorge was wonderful as well. So he would take us to different sites and give us uh, some Incan and Quechua downloads and teachings of the land. And he would say wisdom, service, love as some pillars for life and for his teachings, which just really resonated with me clearly um, and the ways that he taught. And he also taught just a lot about light and the frequency of light and just these incredible ways to harness our relationship with the earth and with the soul and with the self, you know, a lot that we do when we're on these spiritual journeys. Light, love, life were sort of things that he referenced again and again. And he gave us to one of his teachings was he talked so much about lights and the frequency of light and anchoring and light and the seven qualities or stages of light, which can coalesce into this experience of a loving consciousness. And I'll just give those to you too, since we're talking about Jorge and his teachings, the seven qualities or stages of light that you can um, awaken within your own consciousness are one clarity two, transparency, three, warmth, four, illuminosity, five, bright, brightness, and six, vibrancy or an enthusiasm, and seven, enlightenment. And the idea being that you want to be bright in mind and heart and soul and surround yourself with other beings who are bright souls. And this idea also of Mm, our wounds and our shadows, which are often in the, the, the in the dark, our own traumas and bringing those into the light and this idea of taking the bandage off. And it's actually the light or the awareness that brings healing and allows for the wounds to finally release and yeah, an integration to happen. So to this idea of like connecting to the external sun in the sky and the sun in our own hearts and the sun in every cell and that light as this frequency of creation that's blending through everything. So owing a debt of gratitude to Jorge for his teachings and carrying it all forward, you know, all of this, well, I shouldn't say all, but most of us are now on our spiritual journeys, we're sort of a hodgepodge of different teachings and lineages and ways of being and my own self, I'm incredibly eclectic where I started out as, oh, I would say more of like a new ager through the 90s, through my teens and into college and reading things like Bringers of the Dawn and about the Pleiadians and the, is it the Chiron, the Chiron channelings? Gosh, it's been so long. All of that kind of stuff. And then finally finding yoga in my early 20s, but also having studied psychology um, in college and at the same time, and then seeing how I was, I found yoga through my seeking of my own personal spiritual path. I didn't come to it from um, the body angle or fitness or even being active. I was very much so on the inner journey and happened to find yoga and it awakened me to how it was a psychological practice too. I was able to see through breath work or asana practice, posture practice, the effects that it was having on my mind as well as my body. And so for the past 20 years being a yogi and um, a lot of my teachings are within that 
umbrella for sure. And then also Buddhism, having received a um, blessing empowerment with Avalokiteshvara, also in my early 20s and studying Reiki and studying massage. And I have my degree in transpersonal psychology. So uh, that path as well on the more intellectual side of spirituality as a psychological discipline and the interweaving of the two. I've taught, created and taught courses on uh, Eastern psychology, basically spirituality and what that looks like in the different paths of, let's say, Buddhism or Hinduism. And then definitely too, shamanism as well through um, my first sweat lodge was, gosh, maybe like 2001, my family moved from Florida to Montana and lived uh, for a long time, a decade or so, on uh, the Fort Peck Reservation with Lakota and Assiniboine tribes. And so I did my first sweat with them uh, in a very classic Lakota tradition and have done many of those over the years and studied lots within the Native tradition Um to the best of my ability without really being fully, fully immersed. Like I haven't done anything like a Sundance or things like that. But then in the like 2008 or so finding, well, having read the four agreements and studying the Toltec tradition through just the four agreements, then in 2008, I went to Teotihuacan for the first time to do a shamanic journey through the Toltec tradition through that site and now have been back almost every year to help co-lead those journeys. And then even going further back when I was in college finding um, Jose Arguelles's The Mayan Factor and getting super fascinated by the Mayans, having grown up in Florida, feeling like Mexico is, you know, fairly close and being really intrigued by the uh, different sites there. And so planning my first backpacking trip as a college student with my college boyfriend, uh, Josh, we took two weeks to travel through the Yucatan and go to all kinds of different Mayan sites while I was studying like the new age angles of the Mayans and the traditions and things like that. And that's just continued as well. I mean, clearly I'm deeply influenced. My daughter's name is Maya. And uh, yeah, that was a big phase for quite a while. And something I still love, just those indigenous cultures of Central and South America have a huge resonance with my heart and North America as well. So blending in those teachings and gosh, I don't know, just all kinds of stuff. I could go on and on about the influences I have. And then, you know, obviously the tarot too and things that I bring in of like oracle, card reading, pendulum traditions that I use in my life. So all that's just to say, I've got a broad base of interest, like I think many of us do nowadays. And it's anchored in my own personal real world life experiences too of study and teachers and the tools and techniques that I use in my own life. Another really huge one is psychedelics, which I'll talk about you know more in depth in a different podcast, but that's been a thread through my life for the past 25 years in a pretty prominent way and using those as tools to access the self in a clearer way. So that's this podcast. Love, Service, Wisdom will be uh, 
moving through those different avenues to explore how they can help us in human form live a life of integrity and clarity and contentment and connection to our own selves, our own shadows, integration, our relationships and connections to other people and our relationships in our life our relationship with the planet and the natural world, and then as well a relationship with and a connection to something other or beyond in whatever form that might take for us in our own life and recognizing we're kind of vacillating through the degrees to which we're working on one of those or the other and how they're influencing each other too at the same time and hopefully bringing us into the feeling of wholeness and place and like I said, the feeling of contentment, which I feel is a quite high state of being. Even I seek that more than this idea of happiness. I want to feel content, which can go through happiness or sadness at the same time. Yeah. So this is just a short little intro to the podcast and what it's going to be about. Some of these conversations, I hope at least will be I keep saying to my partner, Krishna, conversations with myself. And he says, yeah, that's called a monologue. <laughs> I'm like, you're right. It is a monologue. So sometimes these will be monologues, which for some reason I feel self-conscious about saying the word monologue, but conversations with myself feels less pretentious in a way, even though that's just all made up in my own mind. But uh, anyways, hopefully these will be those as well, though I, like I just said, feel kind of self-conscious about that aspect, but I am intrigued by the idea of it and I want to offer that. It's a growth point for me, so we'll just see how it all goes. Maybe I'll can it after a while, but I hope not. And I really appreciate you listening and tuning in. You can contact me. I'll put some contact info in the um, information about the podcast and I would love to be in conversation ongoing with you as well and tailor this to what your desires and needs are also. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for jumping into this journey with me. And there's so much more to come. <laughs>